You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's 666 Park Avenue After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's six 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 Park Avenue After Show. Hey hey hey, AfterBuzzers, we are Park Avenue six 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 AfterBuzz crew. I'm Miriam Gonzalez with my fabulous co-hosts. Christine Archer. And Grant Rudder, hello. Tonight we are doing Season 1, Episode 9, Hypno. And last week we left off with Jane, who was uh, trying to figure out how she got down the spiral staircase. And as a result of her being missing for, you know, 36 hours, she wound up in the middle of a fake Times Square. Um, <laughs> and they even said that in the in the rundown mm-hmm. at... Uh, ABC online oh, hey. that it was a, a a not real version of Times Square. The green screen Times Square. Yeah, the green screen yeah. version of Times Square <laughs> and um, people telling her that she shouldn't have come here. So today we come to find that she is going she met with Maris who is the character was introduced last week which was Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. and Maris who we find out tonight has been stuck at the Drake inside the building for 26 years. Now that just sounds like a prison sentence to me alone. A bird in a cage. Yeah, literally. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. But uh, Jane goes to Maris to find out what exactly happened to her when she went down the spiral staircase and undergoes hypnosis, which is why the episode tonight is called Hypno. And um, interesting stuff that we find out about Jane. And I'm still kind of questioning how it is that she got in touch with a character that she becomes when she's under hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm wondering, I said when, during the episode, I was wondering if she was going through those emotions that she was, when she was under hypnosis, if she was going through those emotions or if they were just memories of the emotions she went through previously when she was trapped under the stairs. So it, I was trying to figure it out. It kind of seemed like she was re-experiencing it almost because we saw when when Maris woke her up the first time that she was very startled and kind of shocked by what was going on. So I almost think she was kind of re-experiencing it herself. Well, I like how mm-hmm. Maris said, you know, forget about uh, where you think you were, but let's try to think about when it was. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so you were, it's obvious that in, in this experience she was at the Drake, whether it was now or back in the 1920s and for for Maris to say that to Jane kind of I think opened up Pandora's box to what the, the actuality of the situation is that happened to Jane because it's like no that didn't happen in today's date that happened back in 1927 which we find out when she goes through the hypnosis and is thrown back to October 28th of 1927 when there's a whole little kind of party I like how they have parties in the lobby all the time the lobby, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. it's a fat lobby I like the lobby it's like very like 
I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool place to have parties, but it's the only place they seem to have parties except it, for upstairs. It and, hasn't yeah. changed since 1927. The decor is pretty much the similar. Uh, it's pretty similar to how it is today. Uh, I don't know. Long time for not a lot of changes, but you know. Well, there have whatever. been some changes, which we find that when Jane goes back to being. Uh, Libby. Libby. Mm-hmm. Libby. Libby. Or Mr. Griffin. Or Griffith. Francis, middle name. I remember that. Yeah. I, I just why. put like Libby Brunette. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, she, she goes back and, you know, the little girl Jocelyn is, is, has been wanting for Libby and looking for Libby, which we find out a little down the road that Libby was Jocelyn's babysitter, who is also AKA Jean's grandmother. And so for Jane, you know, she signs in in the book as Jane Van Bean, where the the concierge or the bellman was like, oh, I thought you were Libby yeah. Griffith. I was a little confused um, with the whole birthday party situation and how, I mean, we did find out that she was obviously Jocelyn or Jane's grandmother's babysitter. Um, but then why specifically... They had this whole party going on, and they really could have picked anyone to have this to sacrifice at the end, basically, yet they almost automatically went for Jocelyn, and then when they couldn't find her, they went for Jane or Libby in that case. And I was a little confused as to why, if it could be, and the guy said, you know, it can be anyone's blood, blood is blood, why they needed to pick Peter Kramer's daughter, who seemed to be in on the situation, and then, if not her, Libby. Well, because of the fact, I mean... This is just the way my perception of it. The fact that that's Peter Kramer's private room and he always tells Jocelyn to keep out of it. And when he's in the room with these guys and they're trying to convince him to do whatever it is that's supposed to happen, um, he he hears a noise in the closet and Jocelyn comes forward and says, it's just me. I came to get my doll. And I think because she keeps going into places that she's not supposed to be, it just is the obvious choice. You know, let's get rid of the little girl. It's pure, innocent, fresh blood as opposed to, you know, any random person. And they didn't know that Libby was in the closet still. Jocelyn kind of saved her at that point. Smart little girl. I was surprised she thought to do that because normally, you know, like if you're that young, you'd be so scared and just like... I don't know. Wouldn't be that clever about it. See, I was a little taken out of the picture when her her doll was in the office that she's never allowed to go into. Then how did I get that in the first place? I don't think Peter Kramer is walking around with dolls and having to put it <laughs> in a seat. So it was kind of that kind of took me out of it. It was more of like a plot point to get her and Jane, or in this case, um, Libby. Libby, Libby in that room. So whatever. I mean, I don't know why it would be in there to, to begin with, but whatever. We'll find out. Maybe there is something. Yeah, I mean, there has to be. Um, So we find that uh, before she enters into the party, Jane has to look at, which I thought was really kind of cool, the hypnosis that Maris Mm -hmm. did, the the watching of the clock, the listen to my voice. I was like, I'm not the kind of person that can easily be hypnotized or, as far as I know, ever at all. That would be an ideal way to go. Yeah, It was well done. I will will tip my hat to them. (laughs) I I dogged them for the green screen, but this was well done. So there you go. I'm fair. (laughs) Do you guys believe in hypnosis? Do you think it can work? I know some people that say it can. So do I. One of my friends, we had a, a hypnotist come to our school, and he basically made them think that, like, fruit had emotions, and and they said that they, like, killed this piece of fruit, and my friend just started, like, bawling on the middle of the stage in front of our entire school. So he claims that it works. Uh, no, and I, as, I believe in it. As we saw in the episode, it worked on, mm-hmm. on Jane, so... 
I think it just comes down to people that, you know, don't have like 80 or a million things going on. Yes. You have to really kind of go to that very, very quiet, quiet place yes. and just be... F- Focus to a point where you lose focus and kind of sink into the situation. I think that that's how it, it kind of goes down. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I have no idea. <laughs> I know that they have tried to hypnotize me, and I'm just too, like, squirrel to let it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, like, butterfly moments. So it just isn't happening for me. But I've the- never tried. Perhaps I will have to follow in our friend's footsteps. I don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. But I thought it was interesting um, prior to them, uh, Whoopi or Maris, hypnotizing her. She has her sitting in the red chair. She gives her an herbal tea, which mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. Jane was like, what? Am I going to be stoned? She's like, no, it's going to loosen the mind. I'm like, what are you drinking? Like pot tea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go for it, oh, I guess. Whatever. Well, I'm not hypnotized, but I, I get hypnotized into a state of anger when I do watch The View. So Whoopi is on the other side of the thing, of the other side of television, hypnotizing me in other ways, because that show just drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. On another note about yeah. The View. <laughs> yeah. um, something I kind of wanted to point out was the apparent relationship between Gavin and Maris, and how we kind of figured out that as Gavin got to the door, we saw that symbol again on Maris's door. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that symbol, it almost seemed like that's what wouldn't let him in her room or what wouldn't let her out. And I don't know which which one it was, but she he kind of when she when when she said, I think she said, I would invite you in or like I would try to get out, but like I know I can't. She kind of looked over to the symbol at the door and I kind of wonder what that might mean. And we saw it again later in Peter Kramer's journal. I think it's I mean, as I said in the in the last episode, I feel like it's a, a symbol of protection to a certain degree. Definitely. I think the same thing. She she kept on one side of the doorway for twenty six years being unharmed. It's like an invisible fence. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, no, I mean, in this case, if you break it down, if you think of the, if you think of, you put the dog one out of your mind. In this, in this case, it kind of is. It keeps him out and her in. Yeah, like the caged bird that she is. I I thought it was interesting when um, when she she said that you know. She, when Gavin came to her and was like, I see that you're meeting with Jane. What's going on there? At first, last week when we talked about it, or two weeks ago when we predicted it, um, I thought that maybe she was in cahoots with Gavin. But it was interesting that she said, you know, when she left the building, finally, she's like, he was like, I'm, I'm surprised with how easy and how quick you were to be forthcoming with this information and she's like well you were you were going to find this out either mm-hmm. way yeah. so this was her way which not many people get to escape yeah. their contracts or agreements with yeah. Gavin so the fact that she did in in a way that was unharmed i thought was really interesting i think the difference with her is that she had something and although she did say you would have found this out eventually at the time i think it almost seemed as if it's something he wouldn't have found out otherwise whereas with everyone else who he manipulates he kind of knows what's going on and he knows exactly what he's doing but with her he kind of needed that information and what i was kind of wondering was how much because it seems he's very interested in Jane and he I guess doesn't know maybe as much as we originally thought he did about kind of Jane how she plays into the Drake because he he clearly needed to go to Maris in order to get that information so I kind of wonder if Jane her whole you know deal with the Drake is almost separate from Gavin in a way um, I don't think it is. I think that it became very apparent that Jane was good. I mean, 
when Jane got onto the elevator with the the laundry basket and she runs into Gavin, she's kind of taken back for a second that Gavin's in the in the elevator. Right. And so then Gavin starts probing her like, hey, um, you know, did you get lost going onto the second floor? And she's like, no, maintenance stuff. So he put two and two together. There was an interaction between her and Maris. Right. He knows that Maris is in the building. He knows that Maris is not going anywhere. She hasn't gone anywhere for 26 plus years. And the fact that Jane is on this floor all of a sudden after everything that just happened, he's more, he's a lot more clued into what's going on at the Drake than we have been exposed to. Well, don't forget, in regards to Jane, and if does Gavin know what he knows, I mean, Jane's family, is they said, was tangled with the Drake, so she's part of the fabric of that building, so I think he knows well, he does, He knows more than Jane does, so I, I think that he had a little bit of a, an agreement. To me, that's what I saw with him and Maris. They kind of had a little bit of an agreement, like they were kind of on a level playing field, the way they were kind of looking at one another and playing those scenes she wasn't threatened by him she wasn't you know like fearful that she couldn't get out she made a deal with him she and she they closed the deal and she walked out so i think that they kind of like he had he kept her there and he got what he wanted out of her no i think that there is a there was a little bit of fear but she's the kind of person she's a strong person and had the situation under control which is why she was she was protected in in her apartment and i think as she said to Gavin, she's like, you know, I I would love to help you out, but I'm not going to give you the information. I need to make sure that I can walk out of here free and clear. And he was like, well, we, you know, we would really hate to lose you. And I think he was he would hate to lose her because she is a very good resource of information of anything that happens to people, to Jane, to Nona, to whomever that goes down into the basement that starts to find these discoveries. She can find out more and help him out. But she's at a point now where she's like, I'm done, dude. I've been in here since 1986. Like, I got to get out. And so um, I think that, you know, there was a little bit of fear, but she's so strong that you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she I, I she knows how to barter now. it. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, that makes sense as well. Because she, she said she's like, yeah. I don't want to, ha- I don't want to cross this pat- this mm-hmm. doorway, and then something happened to me. She didn't want anything to happen to her yeah. in a negative way. And I thought it was really interesting that when Jane was sitting in the chair for the second hypnosis session, that when she came out of it, and she's like, I know my connection now with Libby and why I was there, and we saw like. When they went to go down to the basement into where what initially would be the spiral that Jane went down into, um, it flashes back to Jane as Libby going under was almost like an execution chair, which is why she freaked out at the hospital, you know, in the last episode because of the restraints. Good catch, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was the restraints Mm -hmm. that were in that room where she, she was about to be sacrificed. And so when Gavin... Gavin Gavin knows that because I think Gavin was there for the sacrificing of Libby. That's that's mm. my guess. Predictions. Predictions. Mm. Predictions. I, I'll have a lot more for that. Um, yes. Tell us what you think. Go to iTunes.com. Um, is it dot .com? Well, well, I have iTunes. The iTunes app. iTunes, the iTunes, iTunes app. app. Yeah. I mean, I have a Mac, so it's automatic iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you have a PC, I'm assuming it's iTunes. I think so. you can you, still you, download the like iTunes yeah, you can, app. Yeah. Go to yeah. iTunes, download yeah. us, comment, rate, tell a friend. It only takes about a minute. We want to know what you think's going on at the Drake. I think it's great. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, so I was <laughs> Look saying, at that feedback coming in. <laughs> go, go to iTunes, download us, rate, comment. We have many shows that are, are on iTunes right now that you can go back listen to. There's a really cool app that you can uh, get on your smartphone where it organizes your podcast and you can listen to them as you go. I know I like to listen to them as I'm driving, um, so that way I can kind of flash back to some of my favorite shows, whether it be uh, ABC Six 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 Park Avenue or you know Revenge or Happy Endings, which I love, or an X ABC Girl. Oh, okay, <laughs> X Factor. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shows that I like. Yeah. I'm a big Fox girl right now. I'm huge into New Girl and The Mindy Project and all of that. Yeah, so cool. go to iTunes, download us, rate, comment, and tell us what you think. We're curious. Um, there's a lot of mysteries that go on at the Drake here. Do it. <laughs> Thanks are, for the commentary over there. There are a lot of <laughs> mysteries that go on over at the Drake. Um, okay, so moving forward, uh, I thought it was really interesting that in all of this uh, discovery, when when she was in the closet as Libby, she saw Peter Kramer open up um, a loose brick in the fireplace and stash a journal. And when... Um, when she calls, which I think is so crazy that she keeps reaching out to Detective, Detective. Connors. Mm-hmm. Is it Detective Connors or Cooper? Cooper? Cooper, Connor? maybe? Oh, so yeah, I don't Detective know. C. It's Detective we'll just Cooper. call him that. It's Detective Cooper. <laughs> but she keeps reaching out to him. And the connection that they have, he has a, fashion, a big fascination with um, these mysterious crimes or these mysterious disappearings which she starts to tell Jane a little bit about. And I thought it was really funny well not funny not it was ironic that as they're in the apartment where she was back in 1927 with the blueprints of the layout of the apartment and the fact that like they're finding the uh-huh. the fireplace mm-hmm. behind the wall he gets all like shirtless almost <laughs> of course yeah with a sledgehammer and she's just so if they didn't do anything with it they should, you know, Not they yet. Can, you know, he wants another love triangle over hurry, here. They better Not hurry yet. up. They better <laughs> hurry up. And I like how they had a sledgehammer and they had a full mirror still incomplete intact right behind the wall. But, you know, whatever. Well, it they was that kind of it. wall that, like, there's so many. It's almost like the, <coughs> excuse me, the basement one where there was a wall covering the door. Yeah, but it was a sledgehammer. I mean, there's, there's probably some sort of separation between the two. I don't know. It I mean, to look hide like it, it to me, it didn't look like there was a space. But well, I mean, if they covered it straight flat, then it would be obvious mm-hmm. that there is a fireplace there. So they'd have to come out a little bit more, I'd think. Still, though, how are you going to go like this, the sledgehammer, and not shadow the glass? Well, they had to see Libby's reflection somewhere. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, no, I mean, it ended up working. It. it ended up working. But yeah, I don't know. That's the creepy part of the Drake. But um, yeah, so I found it to be interesting that detectives there all kind of half naked. Yeah. Helping they won't wear clothes. So, I don't know. I don't know. We could use the. No, it's we could do it without the distractions. Yeah. Um, anyway, so as, as Maris goes to be freed, as Maris goes to be freed, which I thought was really cool, um, she releases the bird, the white bird in the cage. Mm-hmm. And the white bird in the cage, when. Um, is released. I was a little concerned because as Jane is about to leave, she says, does Gavin know about this? And there's the little blackbird tapping on the window, which I thought like, yeah, he does know what's going on. And for her to free a white bird, 
I think it was almost like pu- the purity of yeah. that was left at the Drake. Like she's yeah. the pu- what's what's good that's left. And then she flew away. Mm. Well, just like the other birds, when they go mm. to attack the blackbirds, they kind of like it'll be like one, and they'll turn into a swarm yeah. of many. Mm-hmm. And when she went and stepped outside, she turned into a swarm of many white birds. So a big piece of whatever's left that's pure at the Drake was released. Right. Oh, was it a pigeon that tapped on the window, or was it a black No, bird? it was black one bird. of those little black birds that oh, are like okay. in the building, uh-huh. yeah. which I'm convinced is Gavin. I'm just saying. <laughs> We've seen it before Could when be. the birds flew out of the wall a while back, I think it was, but there's definitely some sort of symbolism there, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, at all if he... Turns into a bunch of birds. Yeah. Yeah. The place is creepy. Mm-hmm. The place okay. is absolutely creepy. So, with creepy things happening, um, Gavin goes to Henry and tells Henry that uh, the city council seat is going to become available and that he should go for it. To the point where he sets up a uh, meeting with Phil Perez. Mm-hmm. He sets a meeting up with him so that way he can take the seat over. Gavin's looking for power in the city, for more right. power. And if he gets Henry in there, then he gets to attain more power. But then Henry was the one, or I'm sorry, Mr. Prez was the one who came back to Gavin after the fact. And it was very clear that they had some sort of deal going on because Gavin said to him, you know, consider your, was it his taxes that he was talking about or something? Mm-hmm. Yes. He was yeah. giving him money of mm-hmm. some sort um, and kind of said to him, like, since he did what Gavin needed him to do, then consider him, like, Consider the taxes no longer right. Exactly. So I'm confused as to whether Gavin wanted Henry in the office spot or or the open spot in office, or if he didn't. What did you guys? No, it appears to me that he really does. It appears to me that Gavin really, really wants Henry in that position. Like you mentioned, he wants someone in power. He wants someone up there to represent him. So uh, Perez, I I know you. I know where you're coming because he for kind of forgave the money that. Perez owned, but that was just to give to get the endorsement, correct for Henry? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I think that um, there there was there's definitely a relationship between um, Phil Perez and Gavin, but the there was a wrench thrown into the mix when the documents of Jane's being in the psych ward were revealed or released because that's not something you want to have, especially if you're going for a big city seat or any kind of higher, anything political that's in a, in a place of right. A good power. Yeah. And in any place of power, you don't want anything negative behind you. Like you don't want to be dating a stripper or a crazy person or someone in the psych ward or be part of like, you know, married cousins or something like you don't want any kind of crazy controversy. And he finds that out when he goes to initially meet with Phil Perez, Henry does. And Henry's like, well, didn't we have a meeting today? And he catches him on the street flagging a cab down, which is where he pretty much blows him off. Yeah. And I mean, I was I was just surprised that that was such a, an issue to him to have someone he's not even married to a, a girlfriend have uh, a past of being in a mental or just being in a hospital. I mean, politicians have questionable backgrounds, mm-hmm. so I was a little like I don't know why that's such a huge deal, but it was enough to turn them off. And so, of course, Gavin worked his ways, and now. Henry now has his endorsement, so he's going to be climbing his way up. I think. I think he's going to get it. Well, I think. I think the fact that, and we'll 
will reveal who Lauren is a little later, which Laurel. I'm sure you got Laurel. You guys know who it is, oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but I think Laurel, it became very obvious that Laurel was the one that went and released the records of the girlfriend. She wants Henry to not be with him, not be with Jane. She wants Henry and Jane to be over. And now, I, I guess in predictions, I'll get a little more into what I think is going to happen and what her motive is. But she doesn't want Henry to be with with Jane. She goes and finds information out about Phil Perez so that way um, he can... Uh, Phil Perez, mm-hmm. you know, he can, he kind of has the upper hand on him, yeah, which I thought yeah. it was really interesting mm-hmm. when she's like, you really want to go down this dark path as far as, um, as far as like, you know, blackmailing and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And he's like, this isn't blackmail. This is like no, he's good playing versus, the game. Yeah. yeah, he's playing the game. Yeah. yeah. I'll be interested to see kind of, because I guess Laurel, it almost seems as if she's been working with Gavin or kind of in has been connected with Gavin because I don't think it's any coincidence that she was Henry's PR person and mm-hmm. it seems at first I thought that Jane was the bigger part of Gavin's plan but I'm actually starting to think that Henry might even be the bigger part of that plan because, oh absolutely yeah, I kind of always I, just from my view I, I thought that it was always kind of Henry that was the one that was being yeah. groomed more than, than Jane I thought Jane was more kind of a nuisance with her you know blueprints and running around and doing all that stuff explore, exploring I'm wondering if she's almost in a way a threat to Gavin because it seems as if maybe because she knows about all of the stuff that's going on and because she's you know a child of the Drake um, if she kind of has an upper hand on Gavin in that regard and if that's kind of threatening to him and then maybe he's somehow using Henry to kind of get a look at what Jane knows and what she's doing in the Drake I don't know I'll be interested to see if it all kind of is I'm sure it's all connected in it's some way everything's connected everything kind of weaves in and and uh it, it all inter- intertwines yeah. the stories, and we see that with Laurel and Henry. And when this was a dead giveaway to a certain degree, I thought when Gavin and Henry f- first meet earlier in the episode, and Henry's oh, like, yeah, here I have my press packet finally, you know. And Gavin's like, well, who's this mystery PR person? You know, and he's like, oh, you guys will meet soon enough. I didn't even catch that. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. They'll meet soon enough. So mm-hmm. Laurel's actually been kind of, even though she's pushing her way into the situation, she's been very on the down low about mm-hmm. her interaction. Mm-hmm. And they've done a good job introducing her character because she was she's Laurel's only been on like every other episode. I think starting episode three. Maybe not got, even that. It seems like yeah. it's very rare that she appears. She's got like two scenes, minimal dialogue. We know who she is. We know what she wants to be with Henry, and that's kind of about it. We know that she's like a an ingenue, you know, coming up the ranks of wanting to be. In PR, and um, I remember when I was listening to this podcast before we took over, that um, the hosts then said that she, it was like, who's this young girl? Like, why is she doing all of this? How does she have this responsibility and this title? So, it kind of makes sense now. It's coming. It's coming. We're getting more answers. Yes. That it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting um, as as they reveal more and more about her uh, initial motives her intentions um, as we found and we saw Olivia was kind of on a rampage this episode to yeah. find Sasha who we learn at the end of the episode is Laurel 
And Olivia goes to extremes when it comes to getting what she wants to a point where she she almost became the bitch that you were hoping she would mm-hmm. become. She finally mm-hmm. started stepping out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, she can't always play that same kind of character. No, I need Because then she'll be typecast yeah. forever. If mm-hmm. you only play one type of role, then you're typecast that. Exactly. And good for her for doing something a little different. It is different. Different is good. Yeah. Different is definitely good. Mm-hmm. Change is good. Um, my, my thing is between her and Jane, I feel like the two like lead female characters are kind of like being thrown around a little bit. I, I, there's n- n- neither of them really are in control of too much. And it's all kind of the male characters that are running the show. So I just want to see a little bit more of her, you know, because she, she could be a very powerful character being married to Gavin, so I was hoping she'd amp it up a little bit. But continue. No, I think she absolutely can. I think she absolutely can. I just think that it's it's one of those gradual things with her in this show. It's not one of those, like, here's my beef, it's on the table. It's push me and see where I go. Push me and see how far I go. You know what I mean? Like, if you bring her to her edge, she will snap, which we saw her do tonight. It was good. She she had him. She threw that thing. The glass broke, and <laughs> and um, you know that guy. Even though his life is being threatened, I mean, he was still like he was like you know, still kissing her ass a little bit. Like he was really uh, he's he's strange. And it seemed to me, I don't know, were there like sexual undertones when it came to him and Sasha? The way he was kind of talking about her and bringing her up. It's to me, I don't know. I mean, we know she has daddy issues because yeah. of her father. <laughs> and why was she speed dial number two? Like. That's, that's what I'm saying. High up there on that's the what list. I'm there's saying. Something I going think there's on. sexual undertones between yeah. the two. I think that there's some sort of relationship. There's some. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gavin discloses while they're inside the the second Duran building. Um, he discloses that he helped her with her fake suicide. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly been in the picture with her for even long before her supposed death that we find out didn't actually oh, yeah. happen. He's too old for her. Well, he has a you connection know, I mean, really to Gavin though. too, though, and and when does that ever matter? Yeah, in, yeah. and these days that 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 never matters. No, I know, I know. Um, but the fact that um, Gav, there, there's a connection between Victor Shaw and Gavin, and it's the father, and we learned that a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. where and he even says tonight, uh, Victor, I mean Gavin took Victor's father's life way too soon, and. I think because maybe Sasha knew too much when she was 16 and Victor was probably at that time trying to pursue Gavin back then as well. But to pursue someone like Gavin as far as taking him out requires a lot more planning than just one day waking up and doing Mm -hmm. it. He's too powerful of a person to just kind of jump in there and be like, all right, you're gonna die today. Yeah, like it's not you happening need to like plot that. And plot and plot and get it, get them where it hurts. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like a game of chess. You got to strategize like mm-hmm. it, like it's no one's business. I'm curious yeah. to find out if she kind of if Sasha figured this stuff out on her own. Like, how many years ago did she die? Had they mentioned that? Ten. Ten years. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Um, so if Sasha kind of kind of figured out before then what was going on with Gavin, I, I know she said in her suicide letter, which we come to find out was probably written either maybe by her, but was along with Victor Shaw. Um, if if she kind of figured this stuff out or if he, Victor Shaw chose to use her um, kind of as part of his plan to take down Gavin and if he basically 
was just trying to play Gavin's game and say, hey, if I know one thing that's going to get to you, it's your daughter. Like, you used my father against me. And if he actually kind of recruited her almost as part of his plan to take down Gavin, and this is just a 10-year-long ordeal at this point. Interesting. Yeah. I never even thought I could have saved that for predictions, but there you Uh go. That's kind of my prediction right there. It's believable. It's (laughs) believable. That, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, everyone is so quick to backstab, I feel, each on each other. Like, the fact that, you know, Kadinsky, you know, let's rewind for two seconds. Um, Olivia asks Victor Shaw to take her to Sasha. She goes to this empty apartment. I was like, who even lives here? All that's there is like the red orchid. walls and the red orchid. Unlocked door in New York. She she looked like she lived in the hood, by the way. The cars <laughs> didn't look good. The apartment complex is a little rough. That's ghetto. <laughs> she, she, looked, she looked she lived in the hood. But all right. I, mean, I guess they don't pay too well at the PR firm. But okay, continue. No, I think it was a dummy place. Yeah. I they were trying it, to hide her. Yeah. I don't know, then why would there be, like, a flower and stuff there? I believe that she really did live there. Well, because I think that was kind of her tie to Olivia and to her mom was this red orchid. She said that, I think, on the bracelet, maybe it said something about a red orchid. So I think that was kind of to remind her of her family and of her, well, at least her Mm -hmm. mom. Oh, no, I think it was a big, giant setup. Yeah. I think it was a big, giant setup to lure Olivia to this place, to make her have these flashbacks, to make her think all kinds of crazy things, and then come to hear gunshots outside. And, you know, there is Victor Shaw on the ground, Kadinsky's in a car just a few doors down, you know, waiting to assassinate him, sees Olivia go into the place. And then this is where I thought it was interesting. Olivia comes running out, and Tony had shoved Victor Shaw into the car. Mm-hmm. And Victor Shaw, if I recall, was kind of tied up at that point again, wasn't he? No, because he cut him. I think, didn't he cut the... Oh, but they might have retied him. Yeah, I, I think they okay. might have retied him. So when he pushed him into the car, and then, you know, Tony says that that Victor tried to escape, and then he was shot. I don't think that... I think Kadinsky did it, and I think that Tony was in on it. I caught that, too. I was like, wait, she turned her back and went to that apartment for two seconds, and he got away? It doesn't make sense. How would he? How did he get away? I mean, it didn't make any sense I actually don't know. I didn't really catch on to that. I kind of, I mean, even if his hands were tied up, like, he, you saw when they put him in the car, he kind of just, like, sat in the back seat. Tony walked up to the front, like, sat down. Who knows how much attention he was really paying? He could have very easily tried to run. I not think, get very far I'm and with then you. get Keep shot. Keep an eye on Tony. I think I'm Tony and, and Kadinsky are in I mean, obviously they're in cahoots. They're both mm-hmm. playing for Gavin's team. But I think that that whole thing that went down with the killing of Victor Shaw had a... It was both of them in on it. I'm skeptical. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So shall we get to some news and gossip? Yes. After Buzz TV News. Do you want to start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, So Robert Buckley did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter recently. And in the interview, he said that the writers had actually amped up the the scripts for the last few episodes. Because we actually, I think we only have, what now, four more? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Four more until the 13-episode limit. Um, And he said that they they wanted to make sure that fans got the full-fledged series finale that they deserved. Um, but he also, and Robert Buckley also said in the same interview um, that the season finale or the series finale actually would leave viewers with a lot of unanswered questions, which is interesting because I think last week I might have even mentioned um, that another spoiler online said it would kind of tie everything up. 
in the last episode. So I don't know. Would you guys rather see it kind of be left with a cliffhanger or like finished? I want all of the answers and then one little thing at the end. One little kind of like not everything completely straight. I want one thing like a little a little off center. That's all. I think the whole thing's going to be off centered. I would just hope I kind of want it to be tied into a neat bow, even if it's a messy bow. You know what I mean? Mm. Because there's no chance of it coming back on the air. They're mm. not going to renew no. the series. So tell us what happened and why. Don't leave me mm-hmm. hanging for the rest of my life. Because <laughs> I'll always wonder, and that would just kill me, ABC. What, what's that all about? Yeah. Well, uh, to, to go to your point, uh, TV Line, um, they uh, spoke with the executive producers, David Wilcox and Matt Miller. And um, they teased that uh, their show is, uh, quote, is building to a powerful and surprising series finale uh, where all the questions will be answered. We hope fans of the show continue watching all the way to the end, excuse me, of Jane and Henry's incredible journey to the dark side. I thought that was some interesting verbiage. So, um, is it, you know, and then there's a question. Is it really the end of 666, though? They say DVR data released last week showed that the ratings for the show went way up after it was announced that it was canceled, 77%. But uh, if you look at the landscape of that night, 666 has a total households of 3.94. And then it's up against The Mentalist on CBS, which has a 10.15. Mm. So that, that shows, I mean, good cable numbers, I guess. Mentalist actually, and it didn't have a new episode today, so hopefully that might even help. Oh, At this point, it might yeah. be too little too late, but yeah. ratings today might be a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. There's we'll always see. hope. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, so on Zaptua.com, they had a little article, and I found this interesting. Uh, they said that the show, the studios, uh, tape, they tape in an old beer factory, and um, that production had, did stop for Hurricane Sandy, um, but it was uh, back on on November 6th, despite unspecified damage. And um, when they, uh, they switched the action to the basement, they're actually using a church in Harlem, a basement and a church in Harlem. So I thought that was very interesting that it wasn't a recreated set. Um, and then their their ex-beer factory is in Brooklyn. Um, switching gears, um, reaching, um, excuse me, regarding whether um, the Durans are ageless. I know this came up uh, two weeks ago, if they mm-hmm. are, you know, have the power of life forever. Um, there was a little article that, um, also on Zaptua.com, and they said, um, as to how, the, this is in the article, it says, as to how long they've been married, Terry O'Quinn, Gavin, he says, who knows, it may be 508 years, long enough to be devoted to one another. So, there's a little number attached. Interesting, perhaps. And um, it says, if they are immortal, um, that could be. At this point, they have not indicated whether either of us are the devil, Williams says. Um, Vanessa Williams. Um, We know that Drake does have powers. It is a portal to other dimensions, to other places. It harbors the past. So... We, we we know that much, of course. Oh yeah. But um, whether they are ageless lovers, who knows? Five hundred and eight years. That was kind of an interesting thing to throw in there. So who knows? It might be a little too much for me. Kind of hope they're not immortal. I feel like that's a little too much on the <laughs> yes. supernatural. Yes. The supernatural side. Well. Uh, now it's time to talk about Amazon. If you want to purchase something for the holidays for your loved one or friend, make sure you check out. Our, our lovely website, AfterBuzzTV.com, and then you can click on uh, the icon in the top right corner for Amazon, and then you can do your shopping. And uh, here at AfterBuzz, we get a little kickback from what you purchase. It doesn't cost you anything, so it's a good thing for the season. And pick up your DVDs and gifts for people. And um, Buy something! Go through AfterBuzz. <laughs> 
There you go. Go to Amazon through AfterBuzz TV. Why not? I like to shop. I've been shopping all week on, yeah. on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It makes Christmas shopping a lot easier, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. All in one place. You don't have to leave your house. Mm-hmm. You just go. Um, all right, so shall we get to predictions? And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. All right, Christine, what do you think is going to happen with Jane? I'm giving it to you first because you said you had two good ones, and oh, I'm no, still not, trying to figure it out. I wouldn't say they're good, but um, I did have two. I think that Gavin is going to uh, to kidnap Sasha, a.k.a. Laurel. I don't think that, or maybe not kidnap her, but keep her away from um, Olivia. I don't think Olivia is going to be reunited with her daughter right away. I think it would be... An, too quick, too quick for that to happen. I think that's going to be a finale thing. So something's going to happen with her that's going to keep them separated. And I think Libby is really going to come into the picture more towards the end and really kind of just help connect the dots. I think she's going to come more and become more and more relevant since she is peeking through mirrors and keeping her um, grabbing people yeah, through grabbing, mirrors. Yeah, well, she's, let, scary. she's letting people know she's still I'm there. Not going to get too close <laughs> to my mirror tonight. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So I think with uh, Jane, I think Jane's going to find out a little bit more about what's going on with her connection to the Drake. And I think that it's going to be a lot deeper than she even really wants to know to a point where it could bring a little distance between her and Henry is my thought. Although with her knowing that Henry's going to propose to her, I think she's going to try and keep it on the down low and really suppress, especially around him, what's going on because she wants that diamond ring. She wants the marriage. She's not a stupid girl. He seems pretty loyal to her though, through everything. Even in this episode, he wasn't afraid to, you know, to say no. Like if you're going to give that information about her, then I'm out of this. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to separate. They've seemed really close. He's loyal to her fault, though, and that's the thing that scares mm-hmm. me because he always questions her mental stability. Mm-hmm. And the that, history that has been recurring, yes. And the history of her, the mental stability in her family, and the fact that she's cracking, it's it's kind of making him double guess, mm-hmm. but their love is a lot stronger right now. But that, I think that can change. I I don't know. I just think with there only being four episodes left, it would be kind of tough to break them up. And then, I, I don't know, I feel like ultimately they'll have them get back together. And I think that would be very hard to do in the course of four episodes successfully. I also kind of, along with what you were saying, think that maybe in the next few episodes, because up until this point, Henry has really, like you said, he's kind of almost started to believe that Jane might be a little crazy. Um, just because he's never actually seen or experienced any of the the craziness that Jane has. Um, but I don't know. I'm thinking maybe somehow she'll be able to prove to him in the next few episodes that she's actually not as crazy as she seems. I'm not exactly sure how yet, but I, I have a feeling that Jane's not going to be the crazy one by the end of it, but we'll see. I think maybe, you know, to, to add on to yours, I think that maybe with her uh, being in cahoots with uh, the detective and the detective now seeing all of these things happening, these discoveries, whether it be knocking down the wall, seeing the fireplace behind it, grabbing the journal. This is exactly like 
I think that he's going to be the one that backs her up. Yeah. Because initially he was the one that was questioning if she was crazy, which had got, um, had Henry second guessing. I have to wonder too, maybe this is kind of going completely against what I just said, but if it goes more in the direction of what you were saying and he, they kind of start to separate, if maybe she and the detective will grow a little bit closer. Because that's kind of been almost an obvious love triangle, but... I don't know. I guess we'll see you in the next four episodes. And speaking of, make sure to go to facebook.com slash save 666 Park Avenue. Yes. We mentioned this last week, but I think there's almost 4,000 likes now. So, Good. Oh, yeah. We need a couple thousand more, maybe. A lot of people we'll really see. love the show, and they want it to continue. We've been seeing the comments all over the place. So who knows? Maybe they'll save it. Our hope is there, and you can always go to, to the Facebook page, um, save Save 666 Park Avenue. Yeah. And hook it up there. All right, so where can everybody find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at C Archer. It's at C A R C H E R R. And I'm on Twitter as well as at Grant Michael R. Okay, and I'm Miriam L. Gonzalez here hanging out at AfterBuzz TV, and we'll see you in a few weeks for the final episodes of 66 Park Avenue. Until next time. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 